0: you're listening to the blair List podcast what's up guys welcome back to a brand new episode of the blair List podcast i'm so excited for today's episode because really it's years in the making i'm here with Juan l pierre louis artist extraordinaire hey <laughs> So fun fact, juan L was the first person I ever interviewed for the Blair List. I wanna say-
1: It's like seven, eight years ago. Oh my
0: God. So you were the first. I remember yeah. we met up- In LA. In LA at the Getty Museum.
1: Actually, no, we actually met at the Rose Bowl.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, we met at the Rose Bowl. We did some thrifting.
1: Yeah, which was amazing.
0: Which was so much fun. We spent the day there and then we went to the Getty? Yes. Okay, then we went to the Getty which has the most insane view of LA. And we were able to walk around and see some art. And I remember we were like hiding in a corner to try and get the interview questions down and turned it into a YouTube video. This was so long ago. I mean, the quality was just like insane. You could barely (laughs) hear yourself. Yeah.
1: But at the end of the day, it was amazing. (laughs) I think one of the best days I've had in a very long time at that time. And you made it so genuine and so comforting. And like, for me, it was like, oh, I'm actually feeling like I am something because of that.
0: That's so nice. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. It was such a great day, but also the episode, I think since it was the first, it really like acted as a catalyst for me in also thinking that like, okay, I can do this. I can Mm -hmm. start, you know, interviewing artists and, and, the questions that I'm asking actually matter. So I think it was kind of like a, a good little uh, confidence boost for me and my direction in life. So thank you. No, it's thank you. a full circle moment. We're <laughs> back here eight years later in a studio with way better sound quality. And I'm excited to jump into it because you have so much experience. You've done so much in these last eight years. We've worked together on a few projects, which have been my personal favorites. And I really want people to understand and get to know the man behind the art, because I feel like you are a very soft-spoken sort of private person. Of course. And this will sort of give people an inside look into who you are and how you got here. Okay. So let's get into it. On this podcast, we like to start at the beginning. So where are you from and what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: So I'm actually from New York City. I was born uh, May 31st, 1987 in Linux Hospital.
0: What's your social?
1: My social is uh, <laughs> at one L one <laughs> underscore L and that's for all platforms.
0: Uh, it's um, so funny.
1: Yeah. Um and my uh my my actual dream before even becoming who I am now was actually become president of the United States. Honestly.
0: Plot twist.
1: Yeah automatic plot twist. Like for me it was this I lived in Jersey as well. So for me You know, seeing everything around me was very political, but also driven because like in Jersey City, especially it was just a melting pot of people all from, you know, pretty much from New York, Philly, uh, Connecticut, you know, people that couldn't live in the city, they will live in Jersey. But I saw a lot of just like really radical people that really wanted to change the culture. And I just, I don't know. One of those questions as a kid was, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, president. And my mom, she was there, she cried her her ass off. (laughs) And I was, I was so young when that happened. But, you know, seeing it now, like, I think the art that I'm doing now, it's speaking to a lot of volumes of of mass, you know, culture and the uh, authenticity of everything. It's just now becoming a full circle for me to actually understand who I am and how I can, you know, uh, fulfill that to others
0: how did you go from wanting to be the president of the United States to being an artist?
1: Actually, it's my father. Uh, my father, he's an artist, you know, at heart too. Uh, he, you know, before I was born, he was actually a masonarian and he did a lot of like, you know, carpentry and he ended up doing a lot of jewelry for people in NYC, basically for celebrities. And, um, it was like this thing where it was like, okay, he's drawing a little bit here and there. He's, you know, he's having fun. He's young. He's, you know, seeing a little bit of fruition coming forward in his life for that. And then all of a sudden I come along. And so he's like, how do I do this? How do I, Mm -hmm. how do I, you know, you know, put this lifestyle onto my, onto my son of all things. So the first thing he did was really put me in front of a television where I was watching Bob Ross. Go figure. happy trees
0: bob ross is behind this all that's the funny part yeah bob ross and my mom was really
1: pushing me into that world too so um they really you know had me you know they had me in front of pbs watching sesame street or barney and something like that as well but then bob ross will come on and i'll just start mimicking i'll have crayons around me i'll start tackling the walls or paper whatever it was around i'm sure me. they love the wall part right <laughs> and for me it was okay they saw something they, they saw that there was potential. They saw that this you know this, this this baby was basically being groomed into something bigger, which was amazing for them. So they tapped in to actual, you know, classes for me at a young age. So I started at around four, I would say four or five. Oh, wow. And that's where I saw myself really going into this whole rabbit hole of things. Comic books were really more of a thing too, but I think um, – you know, just being around people and understanding that, you know, there were older people, older kids, older adults. that were in the same class as me at four or five years old. And I'm actually doing the same things as as they are. And they're just intrigued and they're like, what is up? So for me, it was like, okay, they they saw it. Then eight years old, I moved down to Miami. I was fresh, you know, did not know anything. My parents didn't know anything. They're just trying to figure out who I was, um, I got into magnet school by fifth grade, uh, was in, I was in all magnet school from fifth grade till graduation of, of high school. Uh, where'd you go? So I started at our Moton, which is down South in in Perrine area. And then sixth grade, I went to Southwood for visual arts. And then from high school, I was at new world in downtown. And
0: were you always studying art?
1: Yes. And art was more the, the key, the key thing for me. I think it was more freedom than anything. You know, we get to understand ourselves. We get to understand the actual history of art, understand the techniques, understand the logic and the the language of art so that we could develop our, you know, our core thing. Because honestly, too, during those times, I don't think a lot of us, I think a lot of us were still trying to figure out who we are, but I think getting to high school was more about, hey, I am, I am an artist now. I want to develop this thing. I want to become something. And that was a driven thing for me, especially, because I started seeing a lot more black or just more minority artists coming out, you know, especially during 04 and 05, where it was like, okay, I see a vision. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I, I think I wanna do something with that. And then when I got to college, I ended up moving out to California, and got into Art Center, College of Design for Illustration. And that was the, uh, the pinnacle, I, w- I wanna say, of my, my future. As you wouldn't say, yeah. So
0: I love that. How did growing up in Miami influence your art and your work ethic?
1: That's a good question. I really haven't got that question ever. I think I think it was just the the actual energy of the city, the the people that I was surrounded by. You know, having the core friends that really were in the same language as me, and understanding that we are more so with the same you know, the same elements, the same drive, the same, you know, focus as, as, you know, each other's passions were at the time. So, so now that like I'm back in Miami, I think the energy of the city is really have, has brought this kind of more of a intensity into my work and into my, my livelihood where I could say that like the vibrancy has gone even higher. The, the people, the, the energy has really risen to its potential for me to understand, Hey, I'm here, I'm doing this. You know, let me live. Let me, you know, really grab that hold and just go from there. Um, Miami
0: so. is such a different place now, though, from when we grew up. Oh, of course. I mean, it has developed so much. It's crazy to think about, you know, you think about like Wynwood or the design district, and none of that even existed. Back right. in the day, we used to like go to the mall, go to the beach, hang out with friends, yeah. go to the movies. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. To be Which honest. wasn't a bad life. Don't get me wrong. I'm just know. saying that when you grow up here during that time, it's kind of like you have to create your own inspiration. You get inspired by all, by your surroundings and the culture and the people, but there was so much less to do. So I think you had more time to think about what was important to you and what you wanted to hone in on for your craft.
1: Yes. And for me, it was that, you know, even me as a Haitian American here, my, my dad's side of the family is all Haitian. So they really give me that kind of flavor and that color, that color that I bring to my art too, because a lot of Haitian artists are very colorful with their work. It's more about, you know, the lifestyle that, that Haiti brought, but also too, I was so intrigued by the colors and the color usage of, of each painting that I saw. So for me, the vibrancy was really, really strong for me uh, to the point where I ended up becoming more aware about color than anything else in the picture it wasn't even about the details. It was just about what does that color convey to me and to others? Because color could be anything, you know, even going from color theory, you know, the aspect of having purple around you, it means it was royalty. You know, the rarity of having that back in the day, back in Egyptian days were really, really scarce. So you, you know, to see that, that means you had money, you know, automatic money. Like, the king and the queen would have like little shards of purple around their bodies just to represent that. Hey, like we are the highest power. You can't mess with us. So.
0: I guess it's a good time to tell you my favorite color is purple. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and Very on brand. Yeah.
1: And then on top of that too, like yellow, you know, the purity and you know, all these different significant things that we talk about with color that could trigger, you know, the emotions and within ourselves. So those are the things I really try to talk about when it comes to my my work as well.
0: Yeah, there's also like the color of psychology, which is subconsciously, you know, your body evokes emotions from different colors that you see and experience. And I think that it's so important to to mention that because sometimes we're not yeah. even aware of it. Most of the time we're not. Yeah. So, you know, using specific colors really allows you to sort of tap into someone's psychology a little bit. No, Of course. Talk to me about going to college. What did you study how was the process to get in did you have to submit a portfolio
1: yeah sure um yeah uh all, all those things yes it's very true <laughs> so uh yeah what we had to do in high school was we had to develop a body of work uh we had to do um certain tests especially with like cooper union uh, back in new york i had to do two tests so in for me to even get accepted i had to do like these like really intriguing questions um i had to tackle down seven questions that really like i had to draw it out uh and it was very specific and for me it was more about being willing to illustrate or try to really convey what that message or that question really was asking you uh which was hard as hell but then art center for me in california very much so i just had to have certain slides of my work actual physical work for them to actually see and then from there go and do an actual one-on-one with the actual representative of the, of the college that came down to Miami. That was pretty much it. So those two worlds, you know, those two colleges I really wanted to get into, especially Cooper Union, because it was in New York. It was like, oh, wow, if I get into that school, everything is good for me.
0: A hundred percent. I remember passing by Cooper Union when I lived in the city and just being like, wow, that's so far-fetched, like only the best of the best get in. Yeah.
1: And also too, like, there were a few artists, you know, a few peers of mine in my, in my high school that went to that college and they became, you know, who they are now, which is like even way beyond their, even you know, their dreams. And for me, it was just, oh, wow. Okay. I could see this happening for me, but then art center was like the place to be at. Um, so at the end of the day, it was like, okay, like, let me figure this out. Um, but I ended up going into art center because it was California first off. At that time too it was all about for me it was about the culture uh of california especially with you know the mountains to the beaches to the huge
0: change of scenery for miami Yeah, miami is very flat california you go to the beach and you're surrounded in this like alcove of mountains it's just honestly stunning to be around
1: yeah yeah and for me it was that even the alumni that came to that school they're, you know, they're so superior, I'm so superior on their, their craft now these days that, you know, some of them are doing commercial work as for like doing TV shows and doing movies and doing product design and making cars like right now as we speak. So that was something that I was looking forward to and I accepted into art center. You know, I think, I think for the most part too, was that Cooper union was so hard that, you know, I didn't make it. So I was like, my my next bet is art Center, which was a perfect time for me.
0: yeah. Um, a major theme on this podcast is always that there's no rejection. there's just redirection in life and everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And sometimes the things that you want for yourself are not the things that are what's best for you. And I think it's so important to remember that, especially when it comes to career, school, you know, life in general, we get so caught up in wanting specific things because we are wrapped up in it and we, you know, are so gung ho about that being our life. But at the end of the day, we really have to just trust in the journey that's laid out for us. So I think that's important to to mention. Oh yeah. I want to jump into your career journey because you have a really amazing roster of clients that you know you've worked with from the corporate level to the local level which is really really difficult you know alone to brand yourself in the oversaturated market of being an artist you really have to set yourself apart yeah and i think that with your you know abstract style the colors that you use sort of like your lens on how you see the world is awesome and i think that it's really different than any other art that i've seen and i just want to know a little bit more about after college what your career journey was like if you had any specific jobs that got you to where you are or if you were always sort of like freelancing and figuring it out
1: oh yeah of course uh yeah so actually during college like my later years of college i ended up you know really um focusing on trying to like tap into the whole commercial world with music uh, especially with hip-hop and r b stuff uh, at that time too you know, MySpace was really the it's spot to really work from. Um, you know, MySpace. Yeah. And on, and on top of that too, it was like, wow. Okay. So MySpace was a really good time just to just figure out who you wanted to just be friends with. And on top of that too, you could actually add your top nine or top six, I believe. Top eight. Or top eight. Yeah. And from there <laughs> I was focused on actually with, you know, Pharrell, the Neptunes. That was like my ultimate dream basically uh and out of nowhere i was sketching you know back in college actually i was sketching a lot of you know marker um a lot of these acts that were under pharrell and his, and his label star trek at the time and i would just send them out automatically through myspace but then i would get like a few emails here and there one day i end up getting an actual phone call not knowing who it was. And I'm hearing this soft-spoken guy (laughs) on the phone. And he's like, hey, I saw some of your work, man. Great work, man. I I love it. I love it. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And this is 2006, by the way. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, who is this? He's like, this is Pharrell. I'm like, wait, what? This is a joke. I clicked on him. I you did, hung
0: up on Pharrell.
1: I clicked on him because I was, I thought it was a prank. I, I know I had a lot of friends that were just, you know, joking on my, on my, you know, aspirations. So I was like, oh, like I'm going to just, yeah, I'm going to just tap out and just click on him. And I did. And then five minutes later, I get another phone call, same number. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, I saw your work. Um, I just wanted to say like, I want to do something with you. If that's a chance, you know, any chance. I'm like, sure, cool. I just did a few sketches for him.
0: How are you so chill about that? I would have been freaking
1: out. No, inside I was, I was a little kid at the candy store and I was sweating bullets, but
0: <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Sweating bullets.
1: But I'm so nonchalant and so quiet and soft spoken that you couldn't even tell that I was even in that space.
0: You, he was like, this guy's not even excited. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. And you know, at, at times too, you have to really, you know, realize that these are people. They're not, they're not like a God to you. But again, Pharrell and these kind of, you know, Pharrell, Kanye, or these other people at the time were really like my gods.
0: They were like untouchable.
1: Untouchable. Yes. And for me to see that it was like, okay, great. So I ended up, you know, starting from there, that really like pushed my confidence a little bit more as an artist Cause I knew that, you know, something was there. I knew that something was happening and turning their, their wheels. So from there I ended up going and doing some more work. Um, not outside of that, but this is like my later years college i get another phone call out of nowhere an assistant hit me up but of a and that was actually the the actual pinnacle point for what was to come in my career and from what you saw when you started you know maybe first met so because of a i ended up you know branching out everywhere. I was at LA, already living in LA. So at the time I was easy access for me to connect with him because you were in the scene. I was in reading the scene. I would go out with him to different clubs. I would, you know, do, you know, certain things that were, you know, in our actual, actual, you know, bubble. So from there, I ended up, you know, working with him on his MySpace page on his Twitter page. I was doing a lot more work for his Tumblr page. And not a lot of people knew that I was the one behind the scenes doing all that stuff, but At the end of the day, yeah, it was like a little bit of change in my pocket for me to like live off of, and even to like put back into college. So it was just like this journey, but for me, it was like I had I had access now. I actually was doing work. I was actually doing illustrations for him, and that was moved around too to the point where it ended up, you know, me being at the spot in life where, oh wow, okay, I'm actually doing something bigger than I was before. It's always a change. And my emotions are like, these are these are ladders, you know, like steps and ladders. So you have to keep on going up and able to understand yourself and you can do it. You can actually go forward instead of looking backwards and going down.
0: I love that. Talk to me about how you got involved with Art Club and started doing work for Janae Iko yeah. and that whole group of people. Yeah,
1: yeah. um, Yeah, so it all, it all stemmed from Omarion because Omarion at the time too, he was actually associated with art club. Uh, so, you know, Janae Anderson pack. Um, I wouldn't say a few other people, I'm, I'm losing names right now, but I, yeah, Janae and Omari were the, 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 the two people in that time. And that led me to do like help out, you know, on so I mean, i um, sailing souls and, you know, a few other albums with, you know, and projects with those two.
0: By the way, I think that, I think this week was 10 years since mm-hmm. Sailing Souls because I listened to it. Mm-hmm. She put it on Spotify and I was like, you know what? This is really like Janae's so far gone.
1: Yeah. And at that time too, it was actually, you know what? You know, the crazy thing is that at that time, that's when Janae got picked up by Drake to go on tour with him. And I was about to leave to go back to Miami from LA, which was crazy because I was asked to go um, on tour a little bit with Janae. Um, and this is when I was trying to figure out who I was again, because I like was working in another industry as well as doing music. Music was like a part-time thing, but it wasn't like a full-time. So the money wasn't really coming. So I had to figure out another way to make ends meet. So I was in the fashion industry out there too, and I was doing a lot of illustrations for a brand, which it was like one of my, like, you know, moments of like just changing course and I've uh, I've learned a lot from that. And I learned that into my other practices, such as, you know, helping out Janae and all that stuff too. But then all of a sudden after Janae's, you know, touring, I left already back to, back to Miami. And Omari and I were still talking a little bit more about the work. And then all of a sudden he's on love and hip hop. And he asked me to work with him on post to be. So post to be,
0: Oh my God. I remember this so vividly. Yeah. I remember seeing the cover art and knowing it was you without <laughs> you posting about it or telling anyone that it was you. Yeah,
1: no. And that was like those, th- that moment was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this to, to, to really, you know, pursue it. And it all stemmed from my fashion, my fashion stuff. That that artwork was from another thing I did from, from my fashion, the fashion brand I used to, used to work with. So it was like these kind of circles really coincide with one another and really made this kind of branding for myself now. So I'm seeing things happening from other facets of my journey as as an artist. And I'm really humbled by this now. And I'm really just trying to just take it all in, but still stay confident in it. Because honestly, too, if you lose your, if you lose your confidence, your ego gets a little bit, you know, tamed and then more tamed. And then you end up feeling like, Oh, I'm just a normal average Joe, but that's your ego talking to you. You got to take that ego out and start saying, Hey, I got to do more and able to understand myself and go further. So that was, was, that's where I was like testing myself a lot, you know? And from there it was like, okay, let me just get off of that kind of bubble for, for a moment and just focus, focus on me and focus on what I need to do. So that was like a two year like period of like not really talking or thinking about music stuff. And just doing what I had to do to develop my own work.
0: It's so amazing seeing you grow over the course of the last eight years because I remember going to your studio in Miami when you had a studio with yeah, Juan and
1: Juan, Rainier Gamboa, David Oliveira. All
0: amazing, amazing artists. And you know, I would I would go through Wynwood and I would see you like painting murals. I'm like, what can't <laughs> this guy do? And just like you're so multifaceted and and I agree, you know, coming from a fashion background, music and fashion are so intertwined. Oh, of course. Especially if you're in LA, it's of very course. much like a bubble and everyone kind of just like plays off of each other and works with each other. Of course. How did you go from working with, you know, artists and being in that fashion world to branching out on your own and starting to get corporate clients like Starbucks, Adidas, Atlantic yeah. Records?
1: Yeah, um... Yeah, that, okay. That was, so so that, that two-year period of, of just not being associated with music or any kind of like commercial work at the time, mm-hmm. I ended up not working on any art for a good six to seven months because I needed I needed money to, honestly, I, needed, I just needed money because I think art at the time was very, it was intimidating too. You know, you do art, but you don't see the actual fruition from it at, at times. So, you know, money wasn't coming in the right right way. I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't willing to leave my studio at the time, too, where it was costly every single month. And on top of that, too, you know, gas and and living, it was really like I needed something to really be sustainable.
0: Adulting is hard. It is. They don't tell you that. No, they don't.
1: (laughs) And from there, like, honestly, I ended up, you know, doing a nine to five, doing interior design. Which was a kind of lucrative job, which was I was I was fine with, but also was draining because the 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 time I would do three four hour drives every single day just from work to home, and I'll be drained the whole day. You know, for the three hours each way. Yeah.
0: Wow. Where were you? I was
1: coming from from Country Walk area, which is like south like west all the way over to Bell Harbor.
0: That would take every, three hours.
1: Yeah. Cause I have to take the turnpike all the way across, oh then take God. it to the take it to to the beach, and then drive all the way up.
0: Don't let anyone tell you that you can live in Miami without a car or live in Florida without a car. <laughs> yeah, because everything is so spaced out and the traffic is so wild, especially now. Yeah, it takes dedication to really you know want to do something like of that. Of course,
1: you know. But I saved up that money. I I um, learned a lot from that job, which I will probably never ever do again, mm-hmm. to be honest. But then all of a sudden, Juan Trivia, So, you know. From, from from above you know this prayer came into my into my hands basically saying hey um i got this job in paris with perrier do you do you want to come out with me during the summer and work with me on this job i'm like uh you already said paris i'm, I'm
0: <laughs> you had me at paris Yeah, you had me at
1: paris i'm out like i'm i'm quitting this job like asap so i finished like to the last week of my job over there i told my boss at the time hey i'm I'm done. Like I, I can't do this anymore. After this last few doors, I'm, I'm pretty much staining for this house. And from there I left, went to New York for like three weeks and then took a plane up to Paris. And I was out there for two and a half months working on a major project for Perrier because of Juan. Juan had a deal at the time where it was an international um, campaign where he had to do in the wild, Campaign for Perrier. And,
0: oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah,
1: and it was bottles and cans and then they became like a bike, a backpack, a sweater, uh, notebooks. Um,
0: So sustain- there was a sustainable component. Exactly.
1: And it, it made me more aware about about the corporate world because corporate world was around us all the time when we were out there in Paris. But also too, Paris at the time was pretty much vacation. So a lot of people were out of the country and we were on pretty much this time of like tranquility, but Mm -hmm. also insanity, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because of the the, um, aspect of being in front of these paintings all day, like 13 hours, 14 hours a day, painting on one painting. And it could be, it's actually, sorry, it's like nine paintings we had to do for within the two and a half months, which was insane because it's high detail that, that Juan would put out. So for me, it was about, okay, let me figure this out. Let me, you know, on the side, every other night would, start to jot down ideas to make myself go. And then once I got back from Paris, that's when the ball started rolling. And I ended up making a little bit more of a damage on my end where I was, you know, going out around Paris at times, taking pictures of people, um, also taking pictures of different areas of Paris, trying to get that, trying to get ideas and trying to get inspiration from different paintings or going to different museums just to have that kind of joy and, and blissfulness to my work, just to figure it out. Six months, once, once I got to Miami, I just stayed in my studio every day, religiously working on paintings. didn't show it to anyone at all, besides the people that are in that building or a few like snippets here and there on Instagram. But then all of a sudden I released that to the, to the world and the universe came back into tenfold where everything started happening. Galleries that I wanted to be part of started hitting me up, um, brands that, you know, and other, other, like, you know, subculture, um, I guess marketing people started hitting me up about things. And then, yeah, uh, one thing led to another Starbucks happened. Adidas happened and this all through Instagram because of the work that I did in the past of that, the six months I I developed, it was more of a, a revelation, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I did something for me and I made it through the threshold and now I could actually explore a little bit more and be a little bit more comfortable of where I'm at. And that's where I was like, okay, Adidas, if Adidas wants to work with me, let me see what they have first and then go from there. If Starbucks wants to work with me, let me see what they have as ideas. And if I like the ideas, I'll go and attack that. And all the ideas that both companies and it fit with my world. So I was like, okay, they like the branding. I like their branding. We can match with these, these two worlds and just see what happens from there.
0: What advice would you give to artists on learning how to brand themselves and pitch themselves to corporate clients like do you have a deck or an epk that you put together i know as a creative especially personally it's really difficult to brand yourself when you're so used to you know doing marketing or anything creative for another brand Mm -hmm. it's like when you look at yourself you're just like you blank oh yeah oh no no of course so what's some advice that you would give to some aspiring artists so
1: for for those aspiring artists honestly i would recommend you just to keep on doing what you're doing don't let don't let the uh, the stigma or the ego that you have in, inside yourself tell you, I need to get here. I need to do that. I need to get that. No, if you keep on putting yourself into your own world, other things will start following you. If that focus on you starts to stir up a little bit more, everything else will come. And that's like an honest truth. That's like a testimony I would give to anyone that's in the creative field. Uh, because at the end of the day, you're not really, you know, you're not really here because of you know the 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 ability of hey I'm here a artist I got something on the table no they they saw you because you had something that was different from others out there in the world so you should you know think about that other on your own and start developing that more and more and more so that they can understand who you are as an artist
0: find out what makes you different yeah and focus on that exactly how has working during COVID affected your process and your work ethic
1: that's an amazing question by the way
0: <laughs> we come with the questions here yeah uh
1: <laughs> no uh covet has definitely has been a whirlwind a full year has passed we're still in the same mess
0: oh my god it's like the twilight zone all Ex- over exactly again.
1: but th- at the end of the day too we have to you know be grateful that we're still here alive and we're still pro- you know, progressing a little bit more than we were a year ago. Facts. Um, for me, it was that I ended up really trying to home down what it was that I was really working on. Um, I did a lot actually during COVID. I'm still doing a lot right now for COVID, uh, but it's a different atmosphere. I left my studio in Little River, you know, last a- no yeah last April, and all of a sudden, I am in my house. I'm in my bedroom, out of all places, working out of there. So, yeah, that's the only
0: downfall. It's it's like your work and your personal have become one. It has merged,
1: and so you think about it, the the headspace is kind of a clutter on a daily basis. So I have to figure out every weekend, do I want to paint or do I want to clean that clean the room? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, which one did you choose this week? I actually cleaned the room. <laughs> I, honestly I love did. that. Yeah. So those are the things too, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but bef- when I started with COVID, I actually ended up working in the living room. Uh, I made a station where it was kind of comfortable, but I, n- I realized that too. Like I started getting other things started to occur around me, which was affecting me. So I had to leave that space and I had to actually had to move upstairs and be comfortable with that and be, and, and be attuned with that. Um, I, f- I felt like now it's more about Hey, I'm here. Let me just meditate when I wake up. Walk around the walk around the, the complex, and then come back to it, and then work again. Or just you know, not even think about work for the whole day. Play some video games. Um, eat some, you know, make some make some bomb food. Something exercise outside. Something that could like really divert yourself from creating that day, and then come back to it fresh the next day. That's where, you know, it's evolved for me.
0: I love that. I was going to ask if you had a morning routine that you stuck with, but it sounds like.
1: It, it, yeah, meditation, meditation. And um, I'm, I'm studying a little bit now of Buddhism, like just trying to stay really happy within myself instead of. you I know love that. Yeah. So that's where it's all about these days.
0: I honestly feel like if quarantine has taught us anything, it's taught us how to be still, how to. Be comfortable with yourself, to figure out what makes you happy and to figure out how to have that balance, you know, and to really check in with yourself. Like I don't think before this time, I mean, I know I can speak personally, I never really stopped to think about anything. I just was going nonstop for years straight. So then when quarantine happened, I freaked out because I was like, oh my God, I can't, I'm not traveling all the time. I'm not doing anything. It forces you to really look at your life. Mm-hmm in detail and figure out is this even making me happy?
1: No, of course.
0: Is this what I want to do? Of course. Are the little things in my life like my morning routine and exercising and all these things that you're forced to create out of, you know, not being able to go anywhere? Yeah. How does that affect your, you know, your day-to-day? So I think that it's important for anyone listening to really if they feel stuck, it's important to talk to someone. I'm a super advocate for therapy. I think, uh, you know, picking up a, a hobby, uh, even just like making it through the day, honestly, at this point is an achievement. So, you know, I wouldn't even put so much pressure to actually be productive, but focusing on yourself, what's important to you, journaling, uh, being positive, doing meditation in the morning, if you can, yeah. all of those things I think have really helped me a lot.
1: Yeah. No, that's awesome.
0: How does an artist get into major fairs like scope and art Basel? Could you break that down for me?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I get this question a lot from a lot of people, especially up and coming artists or aspiring artists that come up to me. Um, it really depends on, you know, the person or the, the gallerist, because for me, majority of the galleries that I'm in, I will get into those shows because of the gallerist, the galleries, they are the gatekeepers to my career as an artist these days than anything yes, I am my own gatekeeper, but these are the guys that really put these, the work that I do in the forefront so that a mass of people could come and see it and actually buy and actually understand who I am and come to me personally and talk to me about creating stuff with them. So even with fairs these days, yes, fairs is just because of the galleries. The galleries are the, are the middle people that are getting me into these spaces uh, for the most part too. In the beginning it was more about, hey, let's do a pop up, but do it as an actual like entrepreneurial spirit kind of way where it's just a group of friends that have an idea that want to make something happen. And they really put their full force into it for a whole month or a month and a half, two months. And then when that time comes, they have a whole roll of people. They have friends. They have just word of mouth and everyone comes to celebrate the show. And that's really how it really started. But yeah these days for the gallery scene that's where it's at like being associated with a gallery that's well known and they're right within those ga- i mean in those shows they're gonna automatically have you in these shows
0: how important is social media and marketing yourself in a profession like yours
1: is it's crucial of uh, now now with the whole algorithm kind of like just tossing and turning a lot I hate (laughs) that algorithm Instagram
0: if you're listening please change it back yeah please
1: I think it was pure when we could see in real time when someone posts something on their social media that we could actually understand like hey this is awesome like I could actually see it because like now I'm seeing work from three days ago that should have been there (laughs) within seconds
0: literally kills me i'm like how did i get three views on this video it's great (laughs) yeah of course and it's it's, like not even focused on quality content anymore exactly
1: it's all about actually saving images um reposting these images on your story and more so trying to uh you know pretty much just saving those, those images in your collection because you may never know what who who's actually watching you you know like likes could be likes I really don't thrive off of likes anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even drive off of the following. My, my drive is just, I'm here. I'm honestly here working. I'm actually giving you content. I'm actually putting something out for me for just for me, not for you guys, just for me. If you guys like it, Hey, that's awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm doing this for me.
0: I love that. I think it's important, you know, to detach from the likes also, but I think like we, we talk about the algorithm a lot on here because I have a lot of people who utilize social media and it's interesting to see how it's ever evolving. And I know, especially for, you know, what I do with gray goose, we are spending so much time and effort creating this quality content. You know, we put a lot of money, a lot of people are involved. And as the algorithm changed and we saw that we weren't really getting the engagement that we wanted, we had to sort of pivot our approach because now it is about saves and it is about shares and comments are actually, or sorry, likes are actually like lowest on the totem pole Of course. for actually getting more eyes to see your content. So I think it's important to provide value. That's what I always tell people when they ask me, how can I get more followers? How can I get more likes provide value to people mm-hmm. have people come to your page and follow you because you inspire them, you teach them something. They look forward to your content or even you just make them laugh. I think it's important to figure out what people are coming to your page for and really honing in on that and using that as a strategy to create the next piece of content.
1: And then also too is actually, if you're as an artist too, if you want to, you always, you know, DM your favorite artist or your friends that are artists and try to just share each other's pages. That's the best way to actually connect with other people because you may never know again, intertwining with other clients and other artists that leads to other opportunities in life. I think, I think for, for Twitter and for Instagram and other, you know, social media platforms, this is only access for us to actually intertwine and make a better community for us. Um, Tapping our, tapping our sources, actually tapping into, you know, for what it is, is that we are at a point in our lives right now that we have everything at our fingertips. We could actually change culture right now, if we, if we thought about it, you know what I mean? In a really, really dominant way. And now we are here doing this, this right here is going to trickle down to other things in, in life for, for both of us. So I think that, you know, we could really evolve into other, other sources outside of social media. I think social media is just a, the beginning for what we're doing, you know, and before it was like, Hey, I have you with a postcard. I, I saw your postcard. I, I want to see your work. Cause of that postcard, that was a, a really you know, astonishing piece of work that you have in that postcard, but I want to really see the work up front
0: now. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So we only have a few minutes left. So let's do a quick rapid fire question. Yeah, sure. Dream collab.
1: Nike Jordan
0: holler at me <laughs> if you're listening nike and jordan well i I will say you did just make some amazing custom gray Goose sneakers that yes i did (laughs) very very low key for you know some special people and i saw them and i'm like okay so i'm gonna need a pair (laughs) yes
1: yes i got (laughs) you you
0: you can paint on them like i don't even know it's crazy Uh, i
1: I definitely got you
0: okay i'm gonna take you up on that definitely what inspires you family if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Focus on you until they focus on you.
0: Oh, boom. I like that. I'm going to need that to be printed somewhere.
1: <laughs> let's do a little collaboration. We, oh yeah. my God, we should. Yeah, yeah let, let, Let's do that.
0: Wait. Yeah. I'm inspired. <laughs> okay. Um, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on social media uh with instagram on twitter my handle is at one l m w a n e l the number one underscore l
0: what's next for you
1: uh so we were just speaking before i am working on a few projects right now um i have another show in hawaii that's gonna be happening in may um i have an i actually have a two solo shows actually I have a solo show in September of this year and then next year 2022 I have another solo show with my other gallery in LA Think space.
0: Make sure to follow him on Instagram so you can figure out those details. Yeah
1: and then on top of that too I'm just miscellaneously here I'm doing murals I'm actually going to Tampa to work on another mural project. Uh, When I come back I'll be working in Fort Lauderdale on on a major project with another client of mine and on top of that too I'm working with uh, the likes of consequence who was, you know, associated with Kanye and with Tribe uh, trial called quest. And I've been working with him for a while, but we're doing something major right now. That's going to be coming out in April.
0: Oh, well definitely stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. This really was a full circle moment. I've been yes. waiting a long time for <laughs> this one and I feel like a lot of gems were dropped. And if you're an artist or a creative, I really hope that you find value in this conversation And stay tuned for a brand new episode dropping next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Peace.